listening to the U Urban Bible Study Weekly Leaders Training Podcast. The U Curriculum is especially created by and for urban and multi-ethnic churches. This podcast is designed to help leaders lead a Bible study using LifeWay's U Urban Bible Study resources. Each week, we examine the biblical passage, review some questions teachers may face, and give a practical teaching tip. I'm Dr. Mark Croston, General Editor for the U Bible Study, and today I'm joined by our content editor, Natasha Benefee. Hello, Natasha. Hello, Mark. Uh, today we begin a new study entitled, It's All About Jesus. Uh, so we're going to look at some things that people have been looking at and thinking about for centuries that people and groups have sought to uh, define Jesus in their own terms, according to their own worldviews. Uh, and many people offer their own opinions about who Jesus is. And with that, the truth of who he is can get buried in mixed and half-truths and personal preference. So this session is important because it will answer the question, why did Jesus come? And so in the Gospel of Luke, we will see over the next six sessions, we see who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, and we clearly see his identity of who he really is. All right. So Jesus came to deliver the good news of salvation for all people. So what's our question? Why did Jesus come? Here's the answer. Jesus had a mission. So let's read these first verses in Luke chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, while Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah, Herod was tetrarch of Galilee. His brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria and Tarcantus and Lysenia and tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Cyprius, God's word came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the vicinity of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill will be made low, the crooked will become straight, the rough ways smooth, and everyone will see the salvation of God. So what a beautiful passage this is. Jesus had a mission. And so that's the first thing that we get to uh, explore when we think about the mission of Jesus, the fact that he had one. So keep this in mind. He came to a particular time. He, ca he came in a particular time, the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. He came to a particular place. And so you can see all the leaders uh, who were uh, governmental leaders and those who were religious leaders at the particular time that he came. 
Uh, I, I say this because Jesus is not a myth or a legend, but he is a real person located in a real situation. And so if you're going to have a mission, the mission has to be located in a real time and in a real place. Here was the place and time of Jesus's mission. We too have a mission and ours is located in a particular time, 2024 right now, and in a particular place, the place where God has planted you. And it says, this is what he did. He went into all the vicinity of Jordan and proclaimed the message of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And so there it is, uh, a wonderful, powerful task. And this is not only the mission of Jesus. I just want to get it on the record early up in this study. This is our mission too. What do you see in here, Natasha? I agree, Mark. I see. I was seeing the same thing, thinking about we too have a mission. Um, I see in these verses that John had a purpose for preparing the way for Christ. Christ came with a mission and a purpose. Um, and just like John's mission was connected directly to Christ's mission, so is ours. We we have a mission, um, and we have to remember that we our mission is not outside and separate of what Christ is. We can't think or live or have some kind of passion and purpose and meaning if it doesn't fall in line with Jesus and who he is and what he came to do. John came to prepare the way for the Lord. He came to preach and proclaim and to tell about the coming Messiah. We have the same mission, just like you said. Our mission is directly connected to who Christ is. It may look different for each one of us, um, but it all is still aligned with who Jesus is and what he came to do and what he has for us to do, which is tell others about who he is. Okay, that's great. Because uh, John cried in the wilderness, we cry in the wilderness. John cried, preparing the way of the Lord, his first coming, we cry, saying, prepare the way of the Lord, his second coming. And then the, that verse number, verse number five and number six, just let us know, look, things are not going to continue as they are. There are going to be some big changes around here. How does he express that? He says, every valley will be filled. Every mountain and hill will be made low. Every crooked place straight, every rough place smooth. Why is that? He's going to flatten out everything so that everyone can see the salvation of our God. Uh, so you might want to uh, do a little extra study while you're preparing for this lesson and just do a Google search on how far can you see on flat land, right? He's flattening everything out and he's letting you know everybody's going to see. That'd be a great little extra uh, tidbit for you as you go along. All right. So Jesus had a mission and Jesus had a message. It's important. Jesus had a message. Now we're moving to chapter four. And picking up at verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, 
and news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being praised by everyone. He came to Nazareth, where he had been bought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus not only had a mission, Jesus had a message. And so here uh, in chapter four of Luke, uh, where we get to see, uh, let me say, Jesus declaring his call is the way that uh, we, we have often described this. And uh, he pulls, uh, he goes to the synagogue. Where does he go to proclaim it? He goes to his hometown where the people knew him. He goes to the synagogue uh, where the people would gather. And he goes there on the Sabbath day. And so, and then he pulls the scroll of Isaiah. Uh, and it's interesting, I just make this little note that when the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts is reading the Bible, he too is reading the scroll of Isaiah. So, uh, there, because there are lots of important teachings there. And so he now he quotes from the scroll saying, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach. What is? What am I going to do? Preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to those who are captive, recovery of sight to the blind, and free the oppressed. So uh, when I was in seminary uh, on my New Testament final, I got uh, two questions wrong. And so uh, since they were the two questions I got wrong, I've remembered the right answer to those two questions ever since. Well, one of them, one of the two questions was uh, about who are the Anuim, the Anuim. And so I could not remember that word nor that discussion. And so I, I made up something and put it on the test. But... I do remember the right answer now, right? So the Anawim are the poor and the oppressed. And so you'll often see that Jesus is almost always on the side of the poor and the oppressed, the Anawim. Uh, he always speaks gently to the sinners and the oppressed, he speaks harshly. When he speaks harshly, he is speaking to the religious leaders of his time. Come on. So I want you to really think about that. So often in our day, we have a lot of people who speak harshly to the poor and the oppressed, and they gloss over all the stuff that the religious leaders are doing wrong. No, no, that's not the way of Jesus. What would Jesus do? 
he spoke with grace and peace and to the those who were poor and oppressed. He came to help the poor and the oppressed. If he has hard words, it's for the stiff-necked religious leaders who are not following his way. And so uh, what a great what a great message this is where he is defining himself and defining that which he came to do. What do you see here, Natasha? Yeah, I picked up uh, that part in verse 18 as well. Uh, I looked at his message came with authority. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He was anointed by God. He came with authority. He had the authority given to him um, from God. And so, and he was very clear in what he came to do, preach, release at free, give sight and to proclaim. Um, and we're going to see over these next several sessions, as we look at his ministry, his message is consistent throughout his ministry. This is what I came to do. Um, and I think as disciples who have been commissioned to share that same good news, um, who have been commissioned to go and make disciples, that our message should be the same as Christ. Um, sometimes I, we, we overcomplicate the gospel and Christianity. Our witness is very simple, is to follow the model, to follow the leader, to share the good news of his birth, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Um, we tell, um, someone once put it, we tell how his story, his story being Christ, has impacted our story. Uh, and so that's our message. We share the message of the gospel. And so we don't have to add to it what's been written. We don't take away from it. The gospel is thorough, it's complete, and so our message should mirror that message of Christ, to continue to share the good news um, to the poor, to continue to help those who have no sight to see um, with fresh eyes, and to help set others free through the truth of the word. All right, good, good. So so keep this in mind. Uh, he is quoting from Isaiah 61. So you might want to do your read back there, just like he had Isaiah 61. But notice he stops. If you look back at Isaiah 61, he stops at the beginning of verse number two to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so because there's a big distinction between the beginning of verse number two in Isaiah 61 and then what it says after the middle of verse two in Isaiah 61. So after the middle of verse number two is talks about the day of vengeance of our God. And so he didn't come to proclaim the day of vengeance. That's what I want to say. He didn't come to declare that the day of vengeance is later on. The day of vengeance is not yet here. The day of vengeance is uh, when he comes back a second time. He didn't come to declare here the day of vengeance. He came here to declare uh, the the year of the Lord's favor, right? So since that's where he stopped, that's where we stopped. Remember, verses, all of these verse numbers, uh, the writers didn't write the verse numbers. We put the verse numbers in. People put the verse numbers in years and years and years and years later in order to help us to be able to find different passages in the Bible. So don't think that just, uh, why would he stop in the middle of a verse? No, it was no middle of a verse. He's just stopped at that statement because the verses didn't really exist 
as he is reading from the scroll of Isaiah. All right, so so that's a, a great reminder to us. We too ought to be proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. I love that. So um, he had a mission. He had a message. And Jesus had a mandate, a mandate. So it says in verse number 20, he then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. So, uh, so there it is. So it is important for us to remember that he has a mandate, not just to tell what the scripture says, but to fulfill what the scripture has declared, particularly about him. He rolled up the scroll, sat down, and said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled. And so uh, his mandate, remember, was is to seek and to save that which is lost. And here he is, the fulfillment of the scripture, the, the, the essence of the year of the Lord's favor is right there in front of the people. And so our mandate needs to be like his mandate, right? So um, what are you thinking here, Natasha? Yeah, I had those same words in my in in my uh, notes as I was going through here. His mission was to seek and save the lost, and he had the authority to carry it out. Um, he didn't just say, "This is what I came to do." He he was able to do it, um, and he is he's constant, and he he hasn't changed based on our perspective. This is who Christ is. This is what he came to do. This is who he is. Um, he was the Messiah that they were expecting and unexpected at the same time. They were looking for the Messiah. Um, that was what the expectation was, but the Messiah that they received came in an unexpected way. And so he was here. What I see is he's declaring, this is today. The scripture has been fulfilled. I am the Messiah that you sought, that you expect, that you wanted, but didn't come in the way you expected, but he's letting them know today the Old Testament prophecy has been fulfilled through me and in me. And he's his mandate is clear to seek and save the lost. Our mandate, as you said, is clear to seek and save the lost. I think the other thing I see in that as a message for us today is that um, we sometimes expect Christ to work in our situations. We have an expectation, just like they had an expectation of Messiah, but how he does it is often unexpected and not always how we want it to happen or the way we want it to happen. And the Messiah they were looking for when he came through Christ, they were looking for, um, wasn't quite the uh, the expected Messiah that they were seeking, but he was the Messiah nonetheless. And I think it's just a reminder for us. Christ is going to move and he's going to work 
It may not be how we want, may not be in the way that we want, but it's always right because he is always right. He is always just. And whatever he says he can do, he will do and it will come to pass. So I think that I saw two reminders there for us, reminder for our situation now and just a highlight of um, who he came as and what he came to do and how he carried it out. This is the beginning of what's going to be a fantastic series of lessons. And so if you're a Bible study teacher, I want you to hold on for just a moment because Natasha is going to give us a powerful one-minute teaching tip. But I want to remind everybody that you need to get your own copy of the U Bible study curriculum. You need to get one for every person in your class and, and, and have extras for those who come visiting seeking, right? And so you can find it at uh, www.lifeway.com slash you. That's lifeway.com slash you, Y-O-U, or you, um, you.lifeway.com, Y-O-U.lifeway.com. It is our urban cultural forward Bible study. It comes in paper and digital formats. There's a teacher guide in the back of the book and daily devotional pages to keep you engaged in the scriptures every day. There's a beautiful leaders pack that make your lessons even more powerful, and it aligns with the Bible Studies for Life student and kids curriculum, so there's something for everybody. All right, Natasha, give us our teaching tip for today. So our teaching tip today is to study the background. Uh, Luke was very intentional in giving the setting in the beginning of John and Jesus's ministries. Um, and Luke uh, did this to ensure a concise historical background and to give an orderly account of the beginning of Christ's ministry um, in light of history. So take the time to study, know the historical context of these passages. It'll not only enrich your understanding, but also your teaching that surrounds Jesus's ministry over the next several sessions in this study. All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you all so very much for joining us. This is going to be a great lesson when you all start digging into it. And so join us again for another You Bible Study podcast, because you never know where God will take you.